Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to UFC flyweight contender Louis Smolka. He's taking on Ray Borg on pay-per-view next Friday, December 30th at UFC 207. Then, we're going to be joined by MMA vet Dakota Cochran. I mean, this dude's been around the game so long, beat Jamie Varner back in the day, and uh, now he's on a streak. He's taking on Jake Lindsay tomorrow, Friday, on UFC Fight Pass, so that's going to be fun to watch. And man, it's going to be good to talk to Louis Smolka too, man, because you know, it's been a while. Last time we spoke was actually that edition of Half the Battle where we broke down the Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo fight with our buddy James Vick. So it's been a while since we've spoken to Smolka. I mean, since that time, he destroyed Ben Wen, and he also had that surprising loss to Brandon Moreno. Now he's got a chance to rebound against Ray Borg on pay-per-view, so I can't wait to hear what Louis Smolka has to say. And man, real quick, shout out to the Karate Hottie. You know, she went out there and did her thing, and you know, a lot of people are trashing uh, Paige Van Zandt, but the reality is, look, she's just a kid, and you know, there's certain things that can be taught, and there's certain things that can't be taught. Technique can be taught, you know, you can get better at defending chokes at, you know, getting in bad, you know, getting out of bad positions and your defense, your offense, your cardio, everything. You can get better at those things. What you cannot get better at is your heart. That, that's something you either have or you don't have. And Paige Van Zandt showed me, man, you know, she also showed me this in the Rose Namajunas fight, that she has plenty of heart. So, as far as I'm concerned, man, she's got a bright future ahead of her. And shout out to the Karate Hottie once again, man. She's going to, you know, take her career to that next stage. And man, you know, I, I said it on the show. I'm either going to look like an idiot or a genius on this one. And, uh, you know, I said, look, Mickey Gall, this dude's only fought a journalist. He's only fought a reporter. And now he's going to go in there against a dude that's 8-1. and one. I mean, this is basically his pro debut. I was right about that. But what I was wrong about was that... You know, it didn't even matter. He went out there and, man, he made Sage quit in a way where, dude, you know, Vic was messaging me back and forth on this one. He was grilling me hard. He was like, dude, I fucking told you he had no heart. And then he was like, bro, what did I say about him, uh, you know, blaming it on the weight class? It's like, oh, my God, it's not even about the weight class. I mean, geez, you know, you got to learn your lesson sometime. And I learned my lesson. This kid Sage has no fucking heart whatsoever, man. I mean, wasn't even fighting the hands with that choke. And, man, it, it, it was kind of embarrassing. But, hey. Props to Mickey Gall, man. He uh, went out there. Now he's officially 3-0 in the UFC, you know. 1-0 in my mind, but yeah, 3-0 in the UFC officially. So I wonder who they're going to give him next, man. And, you know, it's funny. Alan Juban called him out because he's like, look, if uh, beating these top guys isn't going to get me ranked, maybe I should beat the guy who's co-headlining the card. You know what I mean? Because when you got Mickey Gall in the co-main event and Alan Juban's not even in that co-main event, uh, it's kind of an interesting situation. But all that said, man, Mickey Gall got it done and... Uh, you know, I guess we'll see him fight a real fighter in his next fight. And I will be looking to fade him again. But props to him, man. He uh, he got it done this time. Uriah Faber, the California kid, man. You know, what's your favorite Uriah Faber moment? For me, it's got to be that second fight with Mike Brown. I mean, the dude breaks both of his hands. And with a lot of guys, you know, they get, that, they get an injury like that, they can easily not answer the bell, you know, between rounds. Like, for example, you remember that fight between Brian Bowles and Dominic Cruz? And, uh, you know, Brian Wolves only broke one of his hands and he didn't answer the bell between rounds and Cruz won the belt that way. And with Faber, you know, he, uh, he'll never say die. As you guys know, he went out there, two broken hands. He's just throwing bows and kicks. And, uh, yeah, man, that Faber's such a legend. And he went out there on his own terms, beat Brad Pickett in his final fight in Sacramento. And Pickett's no slouch. Pickett comes to fight. 
Pickett is experienced, and for Faber to go out there and beat him the way he did and uh, walk off into the sunset, much respect, tip your cap off to him. I mean, that's how retirement should be done, you know? I'd say it's the best retirement since uh, Chris Lytle. I mean, look, Chris Lyle, when he retired, I talk about it almost every episode of the show. It was just such an incredible moment for the sport. Like I said earlier, you know, dudes leaving on their own terms. It's important because a lot of these guys don't know when to say when, you know? It, you, you realize that they're past their prime and they, they start getting knocked out every fight and they start saying shit like, oh, oh, I just got caught when it's like, nah, man, it's more than just getting caught. But uh, man, Faber knew when to say when, so much respect. Alan Juban and Mike Perry. You know, it's always good to see uh, someone, uh, you know, teach the bully a lesson. And that's what happened here, man. Look, Mike Perry is very fun to watch. And what's incredible about his fighting style is his chin and his power. I mean, you hit him with everything you got and then he keeps walking forward. But man, Alan Juban, he showed that veteran savvy. He picked him apart. He dropped him. He beat him up. And... You know, I'm so happy for a guy like Juban. You know, a lot of people don't know. This guy's 35 years old. He started his MMA career in his early 30s, you know? That's the kind of badass we're talking about with Alan Juban. So the time is now for Alan Brahma Juban. And uh, Mike Perry will be back too, man. He's a tough guy. And man, this new guy, the Bear Jew, Paul Craig. Damn, son. You know... I was very impressed because breaking down the fight, I was like, yeah, okay, you can probably pull guard on the regional scene and tap dudes out, but uh, try that shit in the UFC, it ain't gonna work. Well, damn, was I wrong again, man, because that shit fucking worked, and, uh, you know, he had to overcome some adversity. I mean, Frankenstein's no slouch, and, uh, you know, Frankenstein, he overcame, you know, he, he defended the guillotine in the first round, passed the half guard beautifully, and Paul Craig did not get discouraged at all, especially for his UFC debut. Second round, gets him with the arm bar. So, man, I cannot wait to see what the Bear Jew does next. And uh, Frank Weishton will be back, too. Frank Weishton, you know what I'm saying? You got to say it with that Brazilian accent, man. Uwashki uh, Frank Weishton. But, uh, dude, on a positive note, Mizuto Hirota came through, man. And, uh, yeah, all that talk with that Cole Miller was saying about how uh, he doesn't want to fight anymore, I believe him. And props to Hirota, man. Much respect. You know, he got that victory and much-needed win for Mizuto Hirota. Alex Morano, I'm impressed with that dude. What a gritty dude. Can't wait to see who he fights next. All right, here we go. First up, Lewis the Last Samurai Smolka. Let's do this. Joining me now is UFC flyweight Lewis Smolka. Lewis, welcome back to Half the Battle, man. It's good to be back, Daniel. It's been a while, man. You know, last time we spoke, you were just about to become a father. Now you are a father. I mean, how much has that changed your life, dude? Um, it's been pretty fun. It hasn't really changed my life at all. It's made, it's made it better, but I mean, I still get to train and stuff because my girlfriend is awesome. Or my fiance now, she's freaking awesome. And she just like takes care of the baby and lets me do my thing. That That's basically it, man. It's just been, uh, I mean, what has it added to your life? Is it just like you feel more mature? Like, just tell me about it, dude. Cause I got no fucking idea, man. Uh, it's just something you have to go through. Like I'm a pretty selfish person. So to care about somebody more than myself is pretty crazy, but um, it, it's pretty awesome, man. I love that kid with like everything, so it's, it's pretty cool. That's actually really interesting of you to say. So you said you're really selfish. So how were you yeah. able to, to you know, put that aside and and develop that kind of love for your child? It's like instant, dude. It's like, well, I was kind of thinking about it from when I found out she was pregnant. Like I freaked out and stuff. I was like, oh my god, I need health insurance. I need dental. I need better. I'd, like, I was like, oh my god, I gotta get a college fund. We gotta start a savings. Like I was freaking out, you know. Um, mostly about like the money stuff and you know, like I just I'm just trying to keep her like financially stable, you know, just give her opportunities in life. Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. So okay, so last time we spoke you just uh you know beat Patty Houlihan in the main event. Then after that you take on Ben Nguyen in Sioux Falls. And I mean this dude's from Sioux Falls, you know, it's his hometown. 
What was that fight like? You know, we'll talk about the specifics in a sec, but what was it like taking on that dude in his hometown? You know, considering that you took on Houlihan in Ireland, Vasuluk in Australia, it's become like a common theme for you. Yeah, it seemed pretty fitting for me. I was like, yeah, sure, I'm gonna have to do this again. That's all good. I'll, I'll do it again. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, you know, it's funny because you're known for your scrambles, but it's like you start off in a bad position, but then you end up scrambling your way on top. Do you purposely let people uh, take you down? Uh, I wouldn't say purposely, but I mean, I just feel like I, I'm always ready to go. You know, there's it's like we're playing a giant game of like John Campo chess and like, I don't know, let's say poker. And there's like a counter for everything, you know? Um... And so, like, I just try to stay ready, you know, like, no matter what happens, just keep moving and just keep working to better my position. Definitely. And, I mean, against a guy like Ben 10, you know, he's known for that blitz. And uh, were you surprised that he tried to grapple with you early? Yeah, that was odd to me. I would have done that. But, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I know he'd been focusing a lot on his ground game up to that fight. And, I mean, I guess he wanted to test it, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's what it seemed like to me also, man. But, uh, you know, when you're beating up a dude like that and the rep doesn't stop the fight, like, to you, is it just like, all right, I'm going to keep beating him up? Or was there at all a human part like, dude, can you stop I the fight already? freaking felt horrible because I actually like Ben. And he's like, I mean, we, we met like a while back. We went to the Athlete Summit and like um, we, we met over there and I was kind of having fun with him. We were like screwing around and stuff like. I, I, I like the guy, you know, and so like to ha like like for the fight to like go the way it did, like I didn't really realize it was it, it happened like that one sidedly. I thought the entire time because he would he got on top early, I was like shit, I'm losing, I'm losing, I'm losing. So I was just trying to make up those points in my head. I didn't really realize it like looked like that. And the entire time I felt like I was losing. To this day, is that the toughest guy you've ever fought? And I'm talking about MMA fights, street fights, everything. Um. I want to say the toughest, I don't know, I, I've been in some wars, man, I mean, I've, I've, I've done some wild stuff, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, in the PXC, I had my head split open by this dude, Alvin Kakdak, and I was bleeding out of, like, both sides, or, like, one side of my face pretty bad, I had, like, five stitches up here, but, like, he beat the crap out of me, and my eyes were closed, like, the next day, Yeah. and, I mean, yeah, like, I've been through some wild stuff, man, I mean, I went up three well i guess technically now three weight classes in on like two days notice for king of the cage ones and i ended up like i felt i dominated most of the fight and then like midway through the second i ended up getting clipped and like dropped and i don't really remember what happened but i ended up tapping the guy out with a dart just like a minute later but i don't know like, i was concussed man like i have no idea what happened you talking about your second pro fight i think so yeah Damn, man, that's crazy, dude. So, I mean, you've overcome so much shit in there that I guess, so was it not a surprise to you that he was that tough? Um, no, it wasn't. I was expecting a really tough fight going in. I was expecting him to come out guns blazing, and if he couldn't finish me, I was expecting, like, a dog fight, honestly. I was kind of scared fighting him, man. I was expecting those hands, but I don't know. Yeah. I was kind of worried because he comes in with that blitz. I was worried about the blitz in the beginning, but, yeah. Well, it turned out great. And then your next fight, you took on Brandon. And look, man, every fighter has to take that first loss. And, you know, yeah, Chris Carriasa, but no one, no one thinks you fucking lost that fight. So I'm not even going to bring that up. This was your first real loss. So every fighter has to take it. No one is exempt. Does not matter who you are. Anderson, GSP, doesn't fucking matter. So what was it like taking your first loss, man? That sucked. I cried for a while. I cried and I drank a lot. That's pretty much what happened. I just drank a bunch of scotch and I... 
kind of just sat there in my room and just or like in my living room it was just kind of pretty depressed you know like suck dude because you care about it so much like everybody wants to be like the the dominant guy the guy that's gone like 30 and oh like with the mayweather records and stuff you want to come out like or like a beast you know you want to go down in history and like because now because of my record i mean you could say that chris carry also lost doesn't count but stats 20 years from now no one's gonna care i'm exempt from the discussion of the greatest ever because i have two losses that's it it's plain and simple i will never go down in that argument in like 20 years just because of- uh, <laughs> I'm gonna interject there and say that look, we we don't know if that's true or not. It could be total bullshit because look, a lot of people are it, saying DJ is the greatest of all time. That motherfucker has two losses, so you know. Yeah, but it, in like in like ten years, no one's gonna consider him in that discussion over like Khabib or something, you know? Because Khabib keeps his unbeaten record. He's just numbers wise, he's the greatest. No one's been that disciplined. No one's been able to dominate all comers like that. So he go, he's the best. Period. The only way it's like I guess Scarbrand or something. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, like, that's true as of now, but eventually that's gonna change. Cause like I said, man, no one is exempt from that first loss. It's it's just I, we we've been watching this sport for how long, Lewis, and we've seen it over and over again. No one escapes this sport undefeated, man. Yeah, that's true. But you, you you still want to though. Like like that doesn't like don't kill our dreams, man. Everybody gets into this to be the undefeated greatest ever. Don't kill our dreams, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, man. Was it as simple as shooting a head outside single, or was it you know the hype leading up to it? I mean, w- what exactly did you take away from it, man? Um, I took away a lot of things. I mean. Just, you know, I didn't even research the guy in all honesty. I've been kind of taking this, honestly, like, pretty fast and loose. And, I mean, I I don't research my guys. I don't really game plan. Like, I kind of just go out there and, like, I mean, there's, like, a little bit of game plan. My coaches will do it, but I'll never actually watch the guy fight. And I'll kind of just make it up as I go. And, yeah, I mean, I guess it's about time I took it, like, a little bit more seriously. Just start adding more things, you know, stop plateauing. I feel like I might have plateaued a little bit there, and I got to work a little bit more. Kind of maybe work on some new things, you know, keep evolving. So that basically lit a fire under your ass is what you're saying? A little bit. I want to say a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, you really have a chance to redeem yourself because Ray Borg, I mean, it's almost like the same kind of ordeal in the sense that, I mean, this dude's going to jump for a guillotine out of nowhere, you know, whether you're shooting that head outside or not. I mean, this dude, that's what he tries to do. So, I mean, do you see this as redemption? No. No, this isn't redemption. You can't redeem yourself. You already lost. You can't redeem yourself. You lost already. That's it. You're done. You can't get that back. Like, you're done. You lost. You can't get it back, but you can get another win over a top guy like Ray Borg. Yeah, I mean, whoop-de-doo, but you still have that loss on your record, so it's like, huh? With all that said, man, I mean, what do you think about Ray? Because like we said, he's a scrambly dude. You're a scrambly dude. I mean, I'm pretty fucking sure you guys are going to be scrambling a lot, and it's going to be very entertaining for the fans to watch. I think it's going to be, this is the death of a prospect, honestly. He's a hype prospect. I'm a hype prospect. We're both coming off losses. One more loss kills us. I mean, honestly, I would I would see the loser of this fight maybe winning one more UFC fight over the span of his next four or so and getting cut within the next year or two. That's honestly what I see for the loser. Like, this is the death of a prospect in my eyes. Damn, son. I'm not about to kill the dream again, Lewis. All right, man? I'm not going to say shit about that, even though, in my opinion, y'all two are going to be around for a very long time. But, I mean, dude, look, you got a five-inch reach advantage, but is that even going to matter in a fight like this where you guys are probably going to be grappling a lot? 
it might matter on the ground. Like, there's some more leverage. Like, I, I can get more leveragey, but he'll be stronger. Classic, like, you know, classic grappling matchup. The 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 power wrestler versus the lanky, weird leg rider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you had it your way, you know, how would you finish the fight? And I, besides, you know, a five-second knockout, right? I want to come in, and I want to Anderson Silva front kick the guy, and then he'll be rocked, and then I'll jump on top, and I'll scramble, but he'll escape, and then we'll go into the trade, and then, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'll take a win in way, shape, or form. I don't care. I'll take anything. I'll be glad to win this. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, it's going to be a great fight, and dude, I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this a lot. What's it like having a Hawaiian champion now in Max? It's pretty awesome. I'm happy for the dude, man. I'm happy for my boy. Good, good, good job, dude. Like, I'm happy for him. I'm really, really happy for him. It was unbelievable. I mean, not only has no one ever finished Pettis before, but, you know, you told me a, a while back when we spoke that, you know, Max really thinks, unlike anyone you've ever, you know, I guess, met before. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Because I've never seen anyone fight Pettis like that and put him away. Yeah, um, Max is a different beast when it comes to the mental game of striking. Like, he's just... He's a different animal, man. Like, when, when I sparred with him and I would, like, ask him, okay, so what just happened? And he'd be breaking down so many different variables. Like, it, it's insane to hear, dude. He, he, he's, like, he's like a computer, man. He, he's taking so many different things into account. Like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm just like, what the fuck? Or, like, how did he pick up on that so quickly? It's freak- You know, like, it, it's crazy, dude. He, he, he's on another level when it comes to, like, playing the chess match of striking, I want to say. Man, I'm, like, so intrigued by that. Like, that's just, like, badass. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like, when you hear him, like, talk and, like, you understand what he's saying, I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) I mean, has that kind of, like, trickled down to guys like yourself, Yancey, and, you know, everyone else that's part of the team? Um, well, we're actually kind of, like, separated now. But when we were, like, the same team, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, it definitely helped us. I want to say Max, um... Max opened my eyes to a lot of new things when we trained together, definitely. So, dude, Amanda Nunes or Ronda Rousey? You think Ronda's about to make this return and uh, judo throw her to an armbar? Or, you know, is uh, Amanda the new generation now? I don't know. Um, it, just, it all comes down to game plans. It's like any given Sunday, you know, in the sport. <laughs> but, um, or any given Saturday or Friday for us. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think... Either fighter can get it done. It's a really interesting matchup, and this is going to be like a test for Nunes. I want to see what's going to happen. I mean, will she rise to the occasion and be like the greatest um, girl 135er there's ever been, or or will she just get dominated and then we'll have like this weird like round robin type thing going on? You know, it's it's does she establish herself? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. I got no fucking idea. That's why we're all going to be tuning in Friday, December 30th. Lewis, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle, man. Thanks for having me, Daniel. You got it, buddy. Before you go, obviously let the fans know where they can follow you. Anything else you want to plug, go ahead, bro. Um, yeah, uh, follow me at Last Samurai UFC on IG, Twitter, Snapchat, um, Lewis Smoke on Facebook, uh, Last Samurai MMA on Xbox Live. It's been some i'll spend more time on there after the fight um yeah man i'm um, just thank you to my sponsors uh g fuel wearing their hat right now love their stuff amazing pre-workout um ruka ruka has been sending me some stuff virus um you know hawaii lead mma my boy devin moynihan with uh human innovation um 
Yeah, man. Uh, Garden of Life, their stuff's been helping me cut weight a lot. Um, skeevy, Mentum, Humi looking fresh, dude. <laughs> still still repping the G Fuel a year later, I see. Hell yeah, dude. This stuff is amazing. That's what's up, man. Well, Lewis, thanks again, brother, and uh, best of luck, man. We can't wait to watch this fight, bro. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me, bro. Joining me now is MMA vet Dakota Cochran. Dakota, welcome to Half the Battle. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you having me. Oh, you got it. Where'd you learn how to wrestle like that, man? Because, I mean, every time I watch you fight, I mean, pretty relentless out there. <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to pick people up and slam them. That's kind of, you know, it's an interest of mine. <laughs> um, I, I wrestled in high school, so I had a good, couple of good coaches that helped me out a lot. I, I could have wrestled in college, but I got more, more uh, money. You need more money for a scholarship for track. So uh, I took that route. And, uh, you know, then I got, like, Joe Ellenberger. He, he helps me out a lot with my wrestling now. And uh, Jason Brill. So those, those guys are really good. So I feel like I've gotten a lot better over the years for sure. Definitely. And, dude, when you took on uh, Marcus Levesser, like, was it at all a moral, a moral victory finishing a guy like that in the first round, you know, due to his wrestling background? Yeah, I didn't know much about him before I fought him. I kind of more knew more information after I fought him. <laughs> I didn't realize how good he was, I guess, at wrestling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think sometimes ignorance is bliss. But uh, he, yeah, he was he was very good at wrestling. Uh, I was he he took me down. I was super surprised. I snapped a, a triangle on him. So yeah, I was more surprised than anything because I'm not really a submission guy you know off my back i don't get those too much you got the call to fight jamie varner i mean when you get a call to fight you know a former wec champion a legend a pioneer of the lightweight division what goes through your mind uh, you know pretty much all i knew is i seen him on tv and you know, I, I knew it was a good opportunity so i took it oh yeah that's it i mean are you a fan of the sport or do you just like to fight uh yeah i'm, I'm a fan of the sport but i, I just don't follow people like religiously you know um i'll know of people but i don't know every detail and every stat um a lot of guys i that i fought i i really don't even i couldn't tell you their names i'd have to look back on my record <laughs> <laughs> why do you fight um i i've competed my whole life so i just i i like competing i like challenging myself and i like the aspect of training and uh the challenge and um, if I can earn some extra money, then hell yeah. Do you have a long-term goal or is it just keep fighting? Uh, I, I want to be done fighting by 35. That's kind of my, my goal. Um, but yeah, I just want to keep fighting and, and having fun, uh, with it, you know, enjoying the sport and challenging myself. How do you keep yourself enjoying it and stay motivated? I, uh, I stopped worrying about trying to get to the UFC or, you know, that, that's pretty much how I, I, I keep enjoying it, I guess. I try not to put any pressure on it. I just go there and try to, you know, like I said, just try to enjoy, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the experience, and not, not putting extra stress on myself. Sounds like a good mindset to me. And, dude, real quick, when you had that one round with James Vick, is it weird fighting a dude that tall at 155? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, just like when you're trying to pick him up, like he has his 
long levers like and he can he can stay on his feet longer than you know a shorter person could just because his feet are still on the ground <laughs> um and i i fought a fought a guy who was like six four at one seventy and he, he had kind of the same thing but I just had to pick him up a little bit higher, and then I can get him in the air. You're taking on Jake Lindsay. I mean, you tapped him out with a guillotine back in uh, January. How come you guys are rematching? Um, it, it was a good battle. Like I was down on the cards. Uh, I was losing. I would say on, you know, according to the rest, uh, first round one and two, and then the third round I kind of came out. I knew had to. I knew I had to finish him. Um, so I came out swinging and caught him and then he took a shot and uh, guillotined him. So he, he wanted to rematch obviously, uh, right away. And I told him, you know, someday, you know, it might happen. I've never rematched anybody. So I said, Hey, I'm, I'm up to it, but you know, I got things, things in line. So I don't know when we'll be able to. And it just happened, uh, that I was actually supposed to fight in Bellator, uh, last weekend or the third or something like that. And, my opponent dropped out and they couldn't find a replacement. And then Jake's opponent fell out. And then, uh, it just happened, you know, happened that we both were able to fight and we both needed a fight. So I guess that's, that's how it's happening. So 36 pro fights and this is your first rematch, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, huh? How do you feel about it? I mean, is it, is the mindset any different? No, I mean, I know, I know it's going to be a, a good fight because we had one in the beginning. So I know there's some things that I, sh- I need to improve. Um, and hopefully, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've done, done that since, since we fought and I'm sure he's improved. So I'm sure it's going to be a good, another good fight. Definitely. Are you looking for anything particular or just whatever happens? Uh, seems, seems like a, with the 170, I got a, I got to wear him out like that first round and then the second and third round I can kind of come on strong and, you know, get the finish. Definitely. And uh, let the fans know how they can watch it and when they can watch it. Uh, it's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, it should be – it's the main event uh, on the 23rd. Yeah, two days before Christmas. So, yeah, go. it's going to be a, a good a good fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, get that bonus and get that get some more Christmas presents that way. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we'll all be tuning in, Dakota. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to speak with me right here, right now, on half the battle, man. No problem. I appreciate you calling. You got it. And before you go, uh, just let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else. Yeah, I got Twitter. You can Dakota Cochran MMA. Um, I got Facebook Dakota Cochran fan page. Instagram, uh, Cochran155, uh, have, uh, it's pretty much the only, only way, only three social media sites. So I, I guess I got a website, DakotaCochran.com. You can go over there for all your information also. Awesome. Dakota, thanks again, man. Have a great day. Hey, thanks. You too. There you have it, folks. Lewis Smolka and Dakota Cochran. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. You already know, Sean Carey and I will be back next week to break down UFC 207. And then 
as a tradition, James Vick and I will be back to recap the Ronda Rousey fight. So from now on, after every time Ronda Rousey fights, you know my boy, uh, the Texecutioner and I are gonna recap it, man. Last time was one of the best episodes in half the battle history. And uh, I can only imagine it's going to get better from here, man. And, you know, for all the supporters of Half the Battle, you know, a lot of people, man, a lot of people have been talking shit lately. But you know what? All the longtime supporters that got my back, I got your back too, man. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So until the next time, let's cash these bets. Yeah.